This is a Galactic Network podcast. The Podcast of Terror is a great podcast. It's covering movies that are not for children, and thus this podcast is not for children. The hosts are two adults who will use bad words from time to time. They'll also spoil movies if that's not your thing. So if you don't like spoilers and you don't want to hear some dirty language or some dirty references to dirty parts of your body, then please, please, please wash your body parts better and do not listen to this show. If you can handle it, and I hope you can because there's a great podcast coming up, then please proceed with Podcast of Terror. Welcome to episode 144 of the Podcast Terror production of the Galactic Network. For more on this podcast, including show notes, content, information, subscription links, go to gncast.com slash pot. I'm your host, Matt Stein. Corey will be here shortly. Uh, this week, our guest is Saul Wordsworth, who's a who's a British, he's a British man. Um, he is the creator of Alan Stoob, uh, the Alan Stoob's True Crime Casebook podcast. Uh, also, he has a hilarious Twitter, um, Alan Stoob, who's not, uh, Britain's premier Nazi hunter. We'll get into that one. But the Twitter is Nazi Hunter Allen. Um, it'll be in the show notes, everything, as well as the links for his podcast. But should be a good one. He's a pretty, pretty funny fucking guy. Oh, God, he's nervous. Shouldn't you never be nervous? The British are always so cunning and suave. That's that's just on TV. Just on TV. Or charmingly befuddled. That's... Well, uh, befuddled. <laughs> I've watched a lot <laughs> of British pornography, me, and you guys always look real tr- smooth. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a preconception, which you then project onto whatever you see, and it's not actually the reality of who we are. But do the British call a cum shot a projection? They do now. They do now. <laughs> like it just <laughs> seems a lot classier than cum shot. Just be like, it's a projection. Just throwing uh, it out there. I was talking to a, f- uh, a friend of mine last night who's an actress, mm-hmm. and she made some joke about that they're still shooting, like she'd left and they were still shooting. And I thought that would, there was a really good joke in there about a porn film, mm-hmm. how she'd left the, left the shoot, but they were still shooting. But I didn't make it because I didn't want to offend the sensibility of the room, but I'm half making it to you guys. So now. I can appreciate the fact that you took the time to think it through. Because the older I get, the better I started to understand, like, hey, maybe you should think before you just say dumb shit all the time. Um, because a lot of times I would just blurt things out, and then I get the, the oh. So, yeah, I, I know that noise. Yeah, so I appreciate your um, being an adult, I guess. But It's since, difficult. Since 1972, in fact. Well, actually, no, an, an adult since about 92, but, well. No, it's difficult. Oh. This podcast is basically the worst things that we can say mm-hmm. um, that we build up all week to doing, but then you go outside in the rest of the world and you're like, oh, shit, I'm not on the podcast right now. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I hope... Have you started, Matt, or are you still not started? No, I started. I started now. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> this is comedy gold. Yes. You know, you yeah, that's why I'm glad this. I didn't miss it. Um, I was at work, so my wife and I removed some carpet from our stairs. I don't remember if I... Nope, we did this Monday, so I didn't talk about this last week. Um, 
the people who owned our house previously were the most disgusting people I've ever seen in my entire life. So when we were pulling the carpet off, it was tacked down to an obscene amount. Like there was too many fucking staples. Um, but every time it would let loose, it would just like jar at me to which I could only describe as a dust bukkake. <laughs> and I was telling someone at work about it, and they're like, maybe maybe you shouldn't say that out loud. I'm like, yeah. But Matt's that's- been doing porn with uh, World War II vets. And just- <laughs> what, what? Sorry, what, what bukkake? Oh, no. You don't know what bukkake but, is? Yeah, actually, I did. That's oh, okay. a joke. Thank you. I, I, I was like, do I really have I to only, explain to a grown man what bukkake is? No, no, it's all right. My, my elderly aunt told me the other day, so we're all fine. Oh, Did you want the visual explanation added, no, or no, do you want? Everything. We can send you scratch and sniff cards. Uh, uh, every, everything's fine. I'm fully replete on the definition. I'm up to scratch, up to speed. For anyone vis-a-vis, listening, vis-a-vis um, bukkake. Yeah, for anyone I can't listening, don't you got me saying bukkake so early in. <laughs> was this like a bet? Let's get Saul to say bukkake within no. five minutes of the podcast. No, not at all. Um, usually, if it's within five minutes and we're talking about my balls, that's not uncommon. Okay. So now we're just talking about bukkake within five minutes. And we say it two more times. We basically summon it out of a mirror in the bathroom Beetle, and it bukkake. Yeah, I think if you say it two more times, there's some, some kind of FBI flag. Oh, right. Well, I get arrested, someone comes into my flat. Well, I hope not. I hope not. I, I, and I'm trying really hard not to say it. Um, anyways. We, we need to start a Reddit. <laughs> I'm, I, just, I, can't, I can't continue the conversation without saying the word. Hey, speaking of things that are hard to swallow, uh, now that it's <laughs> after Thanksgiving... I can officially open up my new Mountain Dew Merry Mashup flavor. Your holiday brew. Uh, that is my drink for this week. It is a cranberry pomegranate flavor uh, for the Christmases. So, is, is, this, is this a sponsored podcast by any chance? No, not at all. It's just I drink so much weird beer that Corey and one of our listeners have made it a point for me to talk about what I'm drinking. Uh-huh. So that's what Corey is starting to do right now because we missed it for a bunch of weeks because I was pretty drunk. So, and I'm out of tea. And he's out of tea. So the dynamic, and forgive me, because I should probably have taken this offline. No, because the listeners know this, but it's it's because I have listened to a few of them, but it, most of the time it's you two and a guest. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the two of us. Um, you and uh, we just stare really lovingly at each other, and we bukkake the screens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, yeah, it's just kind of a whatever the fuck we want to do on that day, mm-hmm. unfortunately, or fortunately. <sighs> so I'm not hating this drink, by the way. So, so there's, I, and I thought about this earlier. It's like I, I need to ask Saul about Christmas because <laughs> he's Jewish. It's and, I didn't say that, man. <laughs> um, because you don't have the buffer of Thanksgiving in the UK. So here, basically, everyone, you know, it's like as long as it is the day after Thanksgiving, Christmas music, Christmas decorations, everything is fine. But it's starting to creep earlier and earlier into November. So I don't know if in the UK, if because you don't have Thanksgiving as a holiday, is it like mm-hmm. November 1st? Is it then Christmas season? They, we start putting them up on the 1st of June these days. It's getting earlier and earlier. Um, that That's... It's not strictly true. It's not true at all, actually. But <laughs> I guess so you don't have the Fourth of July. Are you, that, are you saying that your decorations all 
American Christmas decorations go up straight after Thanksgiving or it's open season after Thanksgiving. I'm saying that they shouldn't go up until the day after Thanksgiving. Christmas right. music should not start until the day after yeah. Thanksgiving. But but we were seeing Target putting up Christmas stuff before Halloween hit. Yep, same wow. with Walmart. So you've kind of got a, you've got an invisible line in the sand at least which we don't have. Right, right. So I'm saying that you shouldn't start celebrating the next holiday until the previous one is concluded, regardless yeah. of the fact is if, if you're trying to sell toys to yeah. bratty fucking children. Uh, I mean, I, I hear you, brother. I'm with you there. Yeah. That, I mean, that, that's, just, that's just my stance. I don't have kids. I don't mm-hmm. decorate for anything because I'd rather play video games. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't. I hate fucking Christmas music. I, I just like, can I just let me get through Thanksgiving? So let me eat turkey and pumpkin pie and deal with my family before Christmas music. Ah, oh, now that's an interesting um, subgenre we could explore briefly. What about American Christmas music and songs versus British? What are your, you know, like the five staples that you might have? In well, we don't wassail. Uh, okay. We don't go wassailing. We don't go wassailing. We don't, we don't do, not, we not don't have put I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what it is either. It's an old standard uh, Christmas song. They let us go a wassailing. I don't know what the fuck it is either. And I think a wassail is some sort of drink, uh-huh. uh, not a nog, but a like heavily brewed bullshit cider thing. One of the problems with Christmas music is not so much that we start playing it at a certain time of the year. It's the fact that it's the same 10 goddamn songs that it's just like every fucking pop singer has to put out a Christmas album or at least a version of a Christmas song that you've heard a billion times. And it's like, well, fuck, you know, if I want to hear the song, I want to hear George Michael do it. I don't want to hear teeny bop 19 year old do it. Uh, I don't want to hear do the know it's Christmas by anybody other than the original. It's but everybody fucking does it because it's not easy to get a Christmas song that is modern and still a hit. I think the last one to do it really was Mariah uh, Carey. And mm-hmm. to just have that constant beratement of like, and here's Jingle Bell Rock by 10, 15 different fucking bands or singers in a row. And it's just, it's like impeding my ability to breathe real air um, because it just pisses me off so bad. But does that mean that you still hear... Um, like contemporary Christmas songs, or are you kind of steeped in the classics? And if that's the case, what are the classic Christmas songs that you hear over the airwaves in the in the US? Are they the same as ours? Because we've got the two that you cited. Uh, one of which, were, well, three. There's Mariah Carey, George Michael. Did you say? Do they know it's Christmas? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. which is Band Aid. Uh, we've got Christmas time in New York with the the Pogues and. Kirsty McCall, um, to, to name but four. I, I mean, I don't know what your staples are. I was curious to know whether they were exactly the same as ours. That's all. I don't listen to the radio. So the majority, I hate Christmas commercials, which are just but, as bad as it's, Christmas. it's still unavoidable though, isn't it? It is, because anytime I, yeah, you go to any store and you hear it, um, so even even when I try to think of like what a Christmas, I think the Mariah Carey one's the only one I can think of. Um, real quick though, wassailing, mm-hmm. 
Wassling is a is a house visiting practice in which people go door to door and sing and offer a drink from a wassail bowl in exchange for gifts. Right, a it's caroling, except you get rewarded by yes. getting drunk along the yep. way. Um, so, you, so you did know, after all. I, I yeah. looked it up on the internet. Or did you just Google that? I yeah. Googled it. <laughs> so wassailing is a beverage of hot mulled cider drunk. Uh, it traditionally is an integral part of wassailing. So I would wassail because you can get drunk. Yeah, I told you. I did. Well, I, I knew what I was talking about. I just wanted to fill in anyone who may be listening who is not sure what wassailing is because we're not fucking 85 years old. Well, two, two of us on. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No one knows how old you are, man. You're just out <laughs> Although of Although if yourself. you put us together, two of us are. Two of us are, um, yeah. Jesus. And then some. You can edit that bit out. Nah, well. I don't edit anything other than that's beer that's, into my that's mouth. That's true. That's the three beers. There might be a piss break and more beer break in this one. Yeah. So uh, the commercials, like yes. uh, probably a week and a half, two weeks ago, we saw our first sighting of the uh, Hershey's Kisses bell ringing commercial. And Aaron, my wife and I looked at each other like, fuck, it's already here. And and a lot of the stations that we watch um, when we watch live TV already played the same commercial too many goddamn times in a half hour period and that's one of those things that beats on you because it's just we wish you a merry christmas rung his bells over and over again all the time and you just can't get away from that shit and it it's one thing to like oh it's that time of year when we get the classics back but there used to be a time when the classics meant something because it wasn't throughout the entire fucking year Mm -hmm. and that's been lost and i i go back to I think I've said this before, maybe on the show, that when you could buy a Charlie Brown Christmas and when you could buy the uh, the old claymation Christmas specials of Rudolph and the, the, the baby New Year or Santa Claus is coming to town, when you could go out and you could get those things on VHS and DVD or whatever, they became less special. You stopped having that moment of like, oh... On Thanksgiving is when we watch The Wizard of Oz, because that's when they play The Wizard of Oz every year. And on Christmas Day, they play um, Gone with the Wind or whatever. And and those things, it used to be like you look forward to that all year. And all of the specialness has gone away. And so now it's the day after Thanksgiving, and some channel is playing a Christmas story for 24 hours straight. Oh, no, five channels are playing a Christmas story for five days straight. And it's just... It's continuously the the de-evolution of what was a holiday to let's just pack the same shit over and over in front of people and maybe their nostalgia things will bite a little bit and that will get them to get off their fucking ass and go to the iPad and order shit from Amazon uh, or from Walmart.com or whatever. But it it's not a holiday anymore. It's not a Christmas. It's not a season. It's not a celebration. It's just mass consumerism. And I'm fine with mass consumerism, but it's also... Fucking annoying. What? I was like, yeah, Corey's on a soapbox again. Yeah. Brought to you by Ivory Soap, the maker of strong soapboxes. Um, I guess before Corey gets back on a soapbox, I got, um, we're not sponsored, but I have a, a, a pumpkin sour brewed by Collective Arts, which was disgusting and is already gone. Um... <laughs> Uh, New England APA from Untitled Art. And next I have the Collective Project IPA number seven. So I'll be good in 
very well lubricated before this is over. Erdinger alcohol fry. Well, it says that 0.5% alcohol by volume. Refreshingly isotonic drink. But I think that's a matter of opinion. But anyway. Is it good Isotonic though? is gloves, isn't it? Those are isotoners. Oh, okay. What are they? Are they the things that Jean-Michel Jarre wears during a performance? Or should oh, we just leave it there? The only reason I know what isotoners are is because that's what Dan Marino is hawking in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. Oh. Good Lord. Yep. I need to... Yeah, you, you're obviously big on detail, Matt. Um, I'd only remember certain things. Yeah, only from movies where people talk outside of their assholes. Yes, because if you will eventually get into The Omen 2, in which I got to the yeah. end and realized I didn't know what the fuck the movie was about. Other, oh, I mean, I, 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 well, I, by the end, you mean, or, the, or by the beginning? No, at the end, I was like, what was the plot here other than the kid is mm. Satan and he killed a bunch of people? Yeah. We'll get to is, it. it is, yeah, is that usher? Is that you ushering in our conversation, or no? Because to, we still need more to, nonsense. We still need to talk about Alan Stubb's true crime casebook here. Oh, oh, yes, we do. Because we have not how, talked how about how commercially minded you are. Thank exactly, you. because we have not even discussed Britain's premier Nazi hunter yet. We haven't. Now, I and trust me, when I started listening to your podcast, my first thought was, I want to know what Saul sounds like in real life because I did not imagine. Like, I assumed that there was some manipulation on your voice to, to get the Alan mm-hmm. Stu voice. I was pleasantly surprised at the fact that it's very easy to understand your accent. Because I know some British people who, I don't want to say they're a little more mishmouthed, but they're a little more mishmouthed, and it's hard as fuck to understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So thank you. That's because I speak the Queen's English, Matthew. I, you know, when you said that you were from London, it made a lot more sense. You sound very proper. I can s- almost smell the tea coming off of your vo- your, your your throat. Your it's a facade, but thank you very much. Well, that's fine. There's a screen in between us, and I've been drinking, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but yeah, let's talk about Alan Stoob. Well, I mean, there's there are various threads to 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 Alan Stoob, but he's a uh, he was uh, an online creation initially, born of a conversation with some cousins at the tail end of 2011 where we were kind of riffing about jobs that were basically going out of style and one of my cousins Malcolm I'll plug him there or name check him Malcolm hello Malcolm he um real name David he uh he 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 uh he said Nazi hunter and I I mean a really a light went on in my brain and I like a pompous, like the pompous oath that I am, I raised a finger uh, in the air, not anywhere else, and I said, "Watch this space," because I could, I could feel a kind of character evolving within me. So I, uh, I just took some time. I created a website purely for my own pleasure. Oh, it looks like Corey's got bored. He disappeared. Yeah, no, I'm here. I just turned off the video because I uh, didn't want it to. Chop oh, up anything if the I'm glad you said something because it doesn't show that you're still in here. So I thought you were gone too. Um, uh, anyway, so this might be too much detail. But so I created a website. I then took the character to Twitter. Uh, he showed some early signs of being vaguely popular. I uh, was just having good fun. I, I acquired a few celebrity followers. Um, uh, then my 
partner, she said, why don't you write a book? I said, good idea. She said, why don't you write a diary based on the character, which was a fantastic idea. I wrote the book, uh, which was a great pleasure. The book got bought by uh, a good publisher. The book was then optioned by, uh, let's call him the late Brett Ratner, or even though he's still alive, I think he was. He got. He's part of the. He's part of the Me Too movement on the wrong side of the Me Too movement. Oh. Yeah. He also did X Men Three, so that's a problem in and of itself. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I've not seen that, but um, but I mean that wasn't why that the the film didn't get made. They just did, did not, just didn't happen. But that was lots of fun. Uh, but it, Alan kind of went into hibernation for the last three years for various reasons. But I've since had an idea and, and we were talking before about true crime matt and you said that your wife loves true crime yeah yeah you, you, you say that with a really heavy heart well i mean i used to, i i too really enjoy true crime like i obviously you're familiar with making a murderer on netflix mm -hmm. so i mm -hmm. grew up in sheboygan wisconsin which is just south of banitswalk so wow if you, if you, you don't you don't sound like them no yeah. thank you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, my my grandmother did though. She had a very uh, it, we call it the UP accent where you go up north or no. Mm -hmm. Um, so she had a very thick accent like that. I thankfully the more I drink, the more I sound like them. Is what I've been told. But but yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, I completely fucking forgot why I started talking about this. Uh, making a murderer. Yeah. Uh, true crime. Oh, true crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I love true crime. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer is from Wisconsin, too. I spend a lot of time in Milwaukee. So, like, I, I you know, I've, I've seen a lot, and it's very interesting to me. Um, He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I'm He's sure one of the good guys. Sure, he was a hell of a guy until he started eating people. Um, yeah. So, so it's like, it, it's really interesting to me. It's just she watches so much that I just, I was like, I need to, to distance myself a little bit. So she watches rather than listens all. podcast wise or both. All. The whole thing. We have, and does it. She does true crime as she well. She might. And if she she yeah. probably is watching she she watches the Oxygen channel. She either is either watching football, American football, mm -hmm. which she's doing right now, or watching the Oxygen channel. And if you, she's driving, you she's say, listening. you say that, Matt. She's actually saying right behind you with a with a knife. I can see that. So you luckily I can see my camera and I can tell that oh, okay. she's not behind me. Okay. She's really short, though. I she do love the idea me. that in Wisconsin, you celebrate serial killers like you do local sports teams. Like you've got, you've got them. You've got to support the home guy. So yeah, the, yeah. Hey, we we love our our serial killers out here. They're they're so great. And what fun it is to be from a place where all these people were murdered horrendously. It's because of the winters, man. If you've never lived yeah. here, you don't even know what it's like. I'm but, surprised we don't have more. Well. We took a while to catch on, but yeah. surprised we don't have more serial killers in in Ireland, Britain. But uh, but yeah, but yeah. so just to fast forward, yeah, yeah. True crime. I, I I I it's a guilty pleasure of mine. True crime. There's one particular podcast I really enjoy called Case File True Crime, narrated by an Australian and yep. an anonymous Australian guy. Yep. You know that one? Yeah, really? love it. Yep. Uh, anyway, quite addictive. Uh, uh, and I thought maybe I should create a, a, a spoof true crime podcast. And someone said to me, why don't you do it as Alan? And I thought, A, great idea, and B, shit. Because how can I do the voice of an 82-year-old man from Dunstable, England? Anyway, fast forward a, a month or two, and I I did the voice of a man aged 82 from Dunstable, England. I, I 
fiddle around with the voice a bit and uh, don't know what to say. I've, I've done it and it was really good fun and I've had a lot of fun with it and good feedback and, and uh, I mean, fuck me sideways. They've been taking about nine days a week to, to, to do it. It's just so time consuming, so- especially with the writing of it. And then I'm recording it on Logic Pro X, the editing, the, the whole iTunes Vortex is very, yeah, anyway. So what made you, know you choose Dunstable? Because I didn't know that that was actually a real place, but I'm now looking at it on a map. Uh, okay, so Dunstable, I mean, so there's a place next to Dunstable called Luton, mm-hmm. which is known to be a dive, and it was it was officially named as Britain's crappiest town, I believe, about 10 years ago. So it, it's we know Luton is terrible but it's a bit hackneyed it's a bit too obvious to choose luton as the as the uh focal point and this and and the center point for stoop and i was i'm brought up from i was brought up close to luton but but not actually in luton i wouldn't sound like this i'm afraid if i was from luton but um dunstable is the next town along so hence dunstable gotcha Yeah, it's always weird to me, like how different the accents can sound, not being that far away. Like, um, well, I mentioned before we started recording, we have friends who live in Sheffield, which is three-ish hours north of you, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they were surprised by the fact when my wife and I met, she lived on one side of the state of Wisconsin, I lived on the other, and it would take over four hours for me to drive to see her. They're like, that's. Is that because you drove really slowly because you weren't that into her to start with? Or? <laughs> I hope she doesn't end up listening to this one. But no, that is not it. It, it was. It was. Uh, man, hold on. Let me get my. Let me get it's my. Just, I know everywhere in the states is enormous. Yeah, it's and a, everyone. Yeah. And everyone. Oh, uh, Present company accepted. Oh, he's going to cut me off. Oh my god. Oh no 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 no! no. I'm, I'm working on it. Um, it is roughly. I don't remember the exact, but it's roughly 300, 300 kilometers between where I lived and where she was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was it was a four-hour and 15-minute drive, give or take, going <clears throat> 65, 70 miles per hour, which is however many kilometers per hour. You know what else that is? That's love, Matt. It's love. <sighs> that was, at that and time, sex. me really wanting to put my dick in a woman. Uh-huh. And now she ended up being pretty fucking cool, so I married her, and now we get a tax credit every year. Lovely, lovely. That's a, that's a beautiful story, if I may say. It's pretty good. Now we have three dogs, and yeah, we live in the middle of nowhere. It's real great, real great. I, by the way, I noticed that Omen Two, quite a lot of it was filmed in Michigan. We can come on to that. Was it really? I never knew that. I I googled it after I watched it to find out if other people thought it was terrible too. But um, what? Wait, 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 wait. So you picked this movie and you thought it sucked? I guess this is how we're going to segue no, into it. Uh, well, if we uh, am I done plugging Stu? I probably not, am. Or not, shall I say the name of it? Not if you're not done plugging Stu. We will talk Stu as long as you want. I, I I being British, I feel always slightly uncomfortable about plugging anything so to speak but i um but the whole reason you're here is to plug what you do otherwise why would you be right. here? oh well that's that's uh that's very upfront Dep- i uh... <laughs> hey man i'm not i'm not saying I, I when i go on other podcasts part of it is to plug the things that i do 
yeah, listeners yeah. of the show, the the few, the far, the uh, less than proud, will tell you it's sure as hell not to talk about the actual film that we're supposed no, to discuss. No, no, we okay. average about fifteen well, minutes an episode. Well, the problem I have is that I it's not easy for me to reciprocate. I mean, I've only done two episodes of Stoop so far, but to date. It's only me on Stoop. I'm doing all the voices, and I was thinking of opening it up, getting other people on, but it's not going to be very easy, so I probably won't be on an awful lot of podcasts. But No, the, you're, the podcast... you're welcome to come back whenever Sorry, you'd like, regardless. If you ever need oh. uh, a really shitty Wisconsin accent, I got you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's good. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so the podcast is called Alan Stoob's true crime case book it's 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 available online <laughs> there will be a link in the show notes for you it know, and, and it's free yes and and it and it, is it any good matt i like it now you have to keep in mind i was 100 unfamiliar with alan stoob or your twitter i do not go on twitter it was because uh, our mutual friend Jack Picone put us in touch because you were trying to figure out the best way to um, host your podcast. So that's how this whole thing came about. Um, so when I listened to the first episode, I had no idea what I was into, but mm-hmm. I did really like like the subtle nuances of like. Um, okay, so the, the most the, the most recent thing I can think of is at the end of the nose. When he's like, well, "Oh, next- you, listen, you listen!" I'm very pleased you heard the second one too. I did. I much. did. Um, right. So he's like, "Well, and then I went to this place, and then it plays like the music." And he's like, "Well, this didn't turn up." So then I went to the library, and then it plays the music. And the fact that mm-hmm. it was like every time he went somewhere, you played that hunk of music, and I'm like, "That's that yeah. stuff is subtle and funny to me," mm-hmm. and that's what I enjoyed. And like in, in the first one, I think he was talking, and he like. Um, it was uh, maybe a paragraph. It wasn't a super long, but he like burped or farted or something. And it was just kind of like little things like that. I think are really funny. Um, but I went into it knowing that it was supposed to be a comedy show or comedy podcast. And I guess I could see someone not being that into it if they didn't know it, but most people aren't going to just listen to it, not knowing the Alan Stoop character with that being said, I enjoy it, and I I'm, I look forward to the new episodes. Great. I mean, I you, maybe you can tell me this. I, I put it's I, about I, eight I inches. It, it's about what? Sorry, eight inches. We're talking about my <laughs> penis length, right? Okay. No. Okay. Uh, I I, I, I no? think I missed a crucial part of that. But <laughs> we we can always talk about it at the end. I was just going to say that. Does it help for me to call it true crime? the true crime podcast does that or true crime case but rather do people search for true crime on itunes and would it come up that well, way or is it is it no is there no need for me is there no point in me doing that we're gonna find out right now if i put in true crime true crime where is it'll Alan's be name? on like page seventy four thousand. it's probably gonna be pretty deep but i think the whole alan yeah. stoop true crime casebook works in the the concept of the character Mm-hmm. And what you're going for, because normally a true crime case book, like who who calls anything a fucking case book? So it just mm. kind of plays into the fact, so, and that's the way that I always thought it played into the fact that he's an older guy who's just all of a sudden like, I'm going to solve all these unsolved, unsolved crimes because I don't want to be a Nazi hunter anymore. So I thought it just played into it. Um, if you search true crime and go to all shows, 
Yeah. Alan Stoob doesn't even show up. No, I'm sure. And it's also, it's still new and yep. so forth. Um, so the only other thing perhaps I should add is initially I still thought, well, I'm going to document these fake true crimes and just like in case file, but, but, but then it dawned on me that of course, Alan must solve the crimes Yeah. now that he's retired. He's got the time and, and um, background to, to solve them. So that then enhanced the comedy of it for me anyway. Uh, but, uh, but I think I've said enough about, about dear old Alan. Well, and part, part of me was always interested, like, especially with the nose, I'm like, well, how is this going to end? There's just someone mm. who hated his nose. I, I, I felt the same way, actually. Until, <laughs> until, too, so. until near the end. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's certainly a labor of love, but, but, um, but it's it's been rewarding to date. Yeah, which is great. I mean, Corey and I were talking before you came on, and it's like we we haven't done this for 145 episodes for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, there's at least some enjoyment involved. You, you get ten you get ten thousand pounds an episode. Is that, is that right? But yeah, mostly water weight. Yeah, but yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, so I've said enough about my thing. What is? Should we go on to the movie, or do you want? Is there AOB? I don't know what you just said, but we can talk about the movie. <laughs> I said, I, I said, I've, I, I'm, I'm through with Alan, but I, do you want to talk about any other business? Or, oh, AOB or is any other business. Okay, so you said AOB, and I'm like, I don't know what that is. But actually, you did. It's just Not, well, because yeah. I'm from near Luton that you didn't quite understand. It wasn't that. It was I didn't. I've never heard AOB. I've never heard any other business abbreviated. I think he said as, A or B. <laughs> did you say A or B or A O B? I said A. I I thought I said A O B. Okay, so you did. I had never heard any other business shortened to A O B. Have you seen it written down as A O B? I don't think so. I don't read much. Oh. Would it be on a toilet stall door? Yeah. <laughs> For a good time, AOB, call Chad. Yeah, I've I've seen that graffiti. <laughs> Chad is very popular. I haven't seen one of those in a while, but I also go to my own bathrooms or the one at work. Well, also... Graffiti in bathrooms has gone way down since the invention of smartphones. Craigslist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I can imagine that. I'm just I'm just taking you both through to my kitchen. No, that's fine. <laughs> to get another near beer. Yeah, if you need to beer. do that. Which is kind of funny because near beers are generally like. Uh, do you you don't have like Miller Lite and stuff over there, do you? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Well, what's Miller Lite versus Miller? It's just the light version of like Miller Genuine Draft. But, but like, oh, I see. Yeah. Um, we don't tend to have lower calorie beers. <laughs> I've, we just have- I've heard. Um, but anyway, we we generally those are referred to as near beers because they're oh. lower. Well, this is I, I call this a near beer because it's nearly a beer, but. Not really. It's an isotonic drink you drink with special gloves on. Isotoners, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, what what is what is it that you're having that is not quite a beer? Myself. Yeah. 
so it's 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 Erdinger who also make their German brand. They also make ordinary beers, yep. but I'm drinking a non-alcoholic version of it. Okay, so it's an actual non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, which is when I grew up, that was what a near beer was. Okay. We were walking through uh, our grocery grocery store the other day, and there was a an end cap that had Lacroix all over it. And I was trying to describe what Lacroix was to my wife, and I was basically like, "It's like a strawberry took a gentle piss into a babbling brook, and then someone canned it," um, because it's just an essence of the most annoying flavors. And I, I can't think of anything that's like, "Oh, it's it's not a soda," because fuck soda, um, but it it's just it's just a hint of bullshit. Mm. And that's kind of what near beer was to me. It was like, "Hey, uh, I hate." The, all the taste of alcohol, um, except for the fact that it gets me drunk. Uh, as a teenager, that was the whole point. It's like, sure, give me this thing that tastes just god awful, but it won't have the only thing I want from it, which is the effect. Funnily enough, I'm really drawn to the taste of these beers. No, I get it. I, I do it for me. The one thing that I really miss from alcohol, because I haven't drank in 20-something years, uh, is whiskey sours. I love whiskey sours, and there is not a non-alcoholic equivalent of a whiskey sour that I am aware of. And and that that's like the whole thing. It's like I cannot drink booze, mm. but I miss this one really boozy thing. Mm. I also like Long Island iced teas, mm. which I guess is why I drink iced tea all the fucking time. Yeah, I mean, I, to start with, when I stopped drinking, I would, you know, if I was in the pub, I'd drink Coke or, you know, fizzy water, and it got really boring, and I didn't feel part of anything socially. But since I've started drinking non-alcoholic lager, I'm uh, back in the gang. So have you never see, have you never been a drinker? Yeah, yeah I have. I, I actually stopped about a year ago. Okay. Kind of for, for well, for a number of reasons, but... Um, I think I'm going to – lots of people have a dry January in this country. Yeah. I'm planning on a, quite a wet one. Fair enough. <laughs> and, 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 well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to return and have a, the odd drink and uh, see where I go with that. Yeah, and, and that's like there's no, no no judging, nothing. That's not where I'm going with this. It's just yeah, yeah. I, I've gotten to a point – like I like beer and I like, I like, I like gimmicks. I really like gimmicky food. I like gimmicky beer. Like, the more shit you can put into something, the more interested I'm going to be. Like, Burger King had a crispy chicken with bacon, a Whopper patty, like onions. There was some sauce, and it was on a green bun, and it was supposed to give you nightmares. And I'm like, I got to fucking mm-hmm. eat this thing. So that, like, that, that's what I'm into. It's like, give me a beer. Like, I had a beer the other day that it was made... Uh, peanut butter, graham crackers, marshmallows, and chocolate, and it was like fifteen percent. I'm like, this is, I'm like, this is fucking great. Wow. Yeah, it's just a lot of flavors. Well, so, it sounds a bit lumpy to me. Um, it was thick. Beer? It was like drinking motor oil. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the sugar in that stuff breaks down during the fermentation process, so it just comes out as a really thick beer. But do you have it on toast or just drink it? Uh, straight out of glass, man. I had to split it with three other people because I was during Blackout Friday. That's what I started Blackout Friday with was a fifteen percent beer. Oh. But that's that's kind of the thing is if I go to a restaurant, I don't want to order stuff that I can make at home 
right. Although it is really simple to go in there and just like get a burger because, well, it's a fucking hamburger and at least it's safe. It's probably the safest thing on the menu that you kind of know what you're getting. But I, I, I feel you on that is that the reason I started drinking iced tea is because when I gave up, well, I'd already given up alcohol years before, I gave up soda that they're just coming and refilling water all the time. So I get an unsweet and I see, which is just fucking dirty water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I at least felt like, okay, I'm paying my two bucks. So I I'm getting the attention. On the other hand, I'm paying two bucks for just dirty water when I could have gotten the water for free and gotten the same kind of services, refills and stuff. So why am I paying this extra money for something that isn't really giving me anything of benefit beyond it? And also goes towards the tip. Mm. Shut up, Corey. Fuck you. <laughs> I was just thinking, there's a burger place in Chicago that has the gimmick, most gimmicky burgers. Everything's named after a band, and there's just everything you can think of. Like, like I mentioned, it's Thanksgiving, or it was Thanksgiving. So they have, it's a turkey burger with fried stuffing on top, turkey gravy, and like a sage leaf on top. And that's that's a burger. So it's like I went there and then drank a peanut beer. So it's like I just had gimmick upon gimmick. Oh, so fucking oh. good. I had I had the largest burger I've ever consumed today. It was a homemade burger at some friends. It was uh I've not eaten anything since. I had it about one o'clock. It's now nine fifteen in the evening. How many how many kilograms anything. was it? Sorry? How many kilograms I, was it? Is that what you guys were weighing? Th- uh, yeah, it was 30 kilograms. <sighs> Let me get the converter. No, no, no. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it was really large. Oh, I mean, it was like a, 30 kilograms a good, is 66 pounds, I'm, jo- I, I'm joking, but it was like it was, a, it was a good fist's worth for sure. Maybe a, maybe a, a two-fister, if you will, <clears throat> so, so to speak. Now, let's move on now. <laughs> Thank you. Here we go. Here we go. Now that's... That's the thing that I'm kind of picking up is when I make burgers for my wife and I, I, I make relatively at least probably a, a third to a half pound mm-hmm. patty and cook it up. But I'm finding that it makes more sense to do a thinner patty and just have two of them because you get more of the, the char on it, the Maillard principle. Mm-hmm. And that's what the flavor is. And it's harder to cook a fat patty all the way through as it is. So unless lit. you're a person who really likes that rare beef inside, right. it's a pain in the ass. But have either of you ever heard of loco moco? I believe no. it's a Hawaiian dish, but it's just white rice, a burger patty, brown gravy, and a fried egg. Oh yeah, I think they serve that. There's a this Hawaiian chain of restaurants uh, where I was in California that I did not really enjoy because it was almost all spam, but. No. I think they had that there. Yeah, yeah. I had it for the first time in Las Vegas not that long ago, and I made it earlier today. It's really fucking good. Mm-mm. I mean, if Mm-mm. you're if you're into that, I'm not. <laughs> a lot of uh, uh, my coworkers will make fun of me because I will just like microwave a bowl of ground beef and eat that for lunch with some broccoli. But you got to hit those. You're microwaving it to cook it, or you're reheating? No, it? I'm reheating it in a microwave. Okay. Jesus Christ. No, that. That's exactly right, though. Is and and that's the other part is that when I get to it, I would probably prefer a sloppy Joe or a loose meat sandwich, mm. or taco meat in general, 
because of the same principle. It's it's all cooked through and everything. And then I'll I'll make tacos one night and then I'll have taco meat for the next couple of days left over and just be able to go and grab that and throw something together really fast. Well, you got to hit those macros, bro. I can't imagine either of you had any idea what I just said there. Not a clue. Your macronutrients, you got to get your protein, your carbs. Lift, I lift weights. That's all right. We can, I'm we can shaking, talk. I'm shaking my head. <laughs> I can I'm, see. Well, I mean, I'm shaking. Do I mean nodding? You're nodding. nodding. I'm nodding. I'm nodding along. Yeah. But then I realized that's no good, good in, no, in an audio podcast. So it doesn't matter. It's like it's when funny. I when I pause the entire show to start googling things. It is what it is. <laughs> like you pause. <sighs> you just let your hammer hands hit the keyboard right in there next to the microphone. Because I'm the world's loudest keyboard. Don't worry about me. Anyways, should we talk about Damien? Omen two, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it's interesting. So you've what's the first one called? Just the, the Omen. Omen. Yeah. Damien uh, Omen two. Yeah, which I thought was very strange. I always thought it was the I thought it was Omen two. Mm. And then I when I was looking for it, it was Damien Omen two because what is Omen th- Omen three isn't anything. I think it's just the Omen 3. Yeah, it's Omen 3, the final I think the conflict. Omen 3, the Book of Mormon. Is oh, God, I love the Book of Mormon. Mm. Um, I have not seen the Omen 3, but we're also not here to talk about that. I hope it's... Mm. I don't know if it can be any worse I, than this one, but... I, I think I have a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, so the Omen 2. Yeah. Great, great. Great movie. Uh, Corey, can you recap this? Because we all know that I don't know what the fuck happened. Well, this one's kind of tough. Um, so at, from people who remember, which is not Matt, uh, when we discussed the original Omen not too long ago, uh, some well-to-do couple had a baby, but the baby was actually switched at childbirth with the child of a jackal, and they raised it as their son unknowingly, and that thing started to develop powers because it was the Antichrist and everybody around it either was trying to protect it or mm-hmm. trying to kill it. And as they were trying to kill it, they would meet uh, untimely, horrific demises, either pikes coming down from off of churches going right through somebody or a plate of glass, which is probably still my favorite kill from that and freaks me out still to this day because it's how I think I'm going to die. A uh, plate of glass <laughs> going through somebody's head off of a truck. Uh, I had a fucking wheelbarrow fly at me from a truck once. And uh, and so it finishes off with the mother is killed. The father uh, gets killed trying to stab the child Damien with uh, a whole pack of ritual knives uh, in a church. And the kid goes off. And in this movie, we find out that he's been raised into his now teen years with uh, some brother or sister or cousins of the family. I don't know. Fuck these people. And the <laughs> same sort of thing happens where the the kid has not picked up that he's the son of the devil yet. Uh, but he keeps looking at people and they freak out and run in traffic or get attacked by birds or any number of things. So part of it is that the kid has powers. He looks at people and he can make them freak out and start slapping themselves in the face. Uh, he looks at people and they go running away. But he doesn't know about his abilities so far, and a lot of stuff just seems to happen because you walk into his his purview, or even if you're just discussing him. So we get the one character that was in the first movie that survived 
comes back at the beginning of this one, meets up with some other dude, and they're like, hey, yeah, the Antichrist exists. Uh, let's go look in this cave and see his picture. And they go and do that, and, of course, the cave starts crashing down on them. And, and they d- both die. Nothing really to do with Damien himself. He's not there. He doesn't mm. cause it. Shit just happened. Yeah. Um, and that's that's a problem that I have with this movie going along, is that a lot of times stuff just kind of happens without anyone really instigating it. Yeah. Uh, if, if at some point we had seen one of the people who was kind of like protecting Damien causing some of this, mm. I, I would buy into it a little bit more. And also sometimes the raven is present, mm-hmm. sometimes right. it's not. Yeah? Black. Yeah, in the last movie, in the, in the first movie, I mean, uh, he's protected by hellhounds, um, mm-hmm. by a bunch of fucking Rottweilers or whatever. And in this one, it's a bird, and the bird just starts... One bird takes this woman out on the side of the road and just, like, beats her all the fuck. And then she goes and runs in front of a truck, although jumps up at the last second and flies over the cab of the truck. I didn't understand how that worked. <laughs> but but this is a lot of this movie is just, hey, I think that kid's a son of Satan. Oops, I'm dead. And yeah. next person shows up and is like, hey, did you know that your nephew is the son of Satan? Nope. Well, sorry, gotta go. I'm dead. Uh, his, his grandmother is like, you should have killed that kid. And she's dead. Mm. And constantly, like, this fucking family... Is is like wow? We know a lot of people who died this month. Is something going on? Nope, can't be. Nope, fuck it. And just closing their fucking eyes to everything. So the the dad of the family, and by the dad I mean uh, Damon's got a cousin who's his best friend, who's he's been raised with since he came to live with them years ago. Uh, they're both in military school together. Uh, the dad and the mom taking care of him. The dad works for this company that is. This is the part that I had a little bit of trouble kind of keeping up with works with this company and this company has a guy that works there that is trying to introduce this stuff that is questionable morally not quite outside the bounds of the laws yet but you can tell like this guy is trying to make something happen where it's going to introduce chemicals and stuff as a replacement for food stuff for the poor um in places where they don't really have protections against it and it's going to make them a fortune i guess but it's like the science isn't down yet, and it's really fucked up, but everybody else in the company is like, hey, that's really fucked up. But uh, Jeff just died, so now Jeff doesn't say it's fucked up anymore. So there's obviously a bigger plan that goes to getting Damien power over this corporation. Mm. But we don't see that happen in this movie. This is a middle film in what is a trilogy. Technically, it's there's four films because there's an Omen 4 I think the prophecy that is about his sister, um, but that that doesn't really have much to do with the rest of it. But in this movie, it's just the realization of Damien like, oh, I'm really fucking cool because I can get rid of everybody who pisses me off. And uh, my cousin just died randomly from some head trauma in the woods that I was there for, but I didn't touch him. And now I've got two dates to the prom. <laughs> it's interesting that he actually starts the film as a delightful young man, if I may say, with no knowledge of his uh, nefarious powers whatsoever. Yeah, but his grandmother does not like him, or their no. aunt or whatever. Yeah. She's like, man, that guy, you're a little dick. And he's like, what did I do? I came in here and said goodbye to you. 
Mm. Uh, but it's the final goodbye, bitch, and just walks off. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting to me because watching it now, I don't think I've seen it for a long time. It just seems like a series of set pieces. A series, a series of unfortunate of, events. Series of unfortunate events and set pieces and, and trying to, to create unpleasant, gory ends for anyone who comes up against Damien. I, however, I remember the film not necessarily even having seen it as a child in the playground and it was talked about endlessly. And I think if you were, you know, 10 years old in 1978, which I wasn't, or I think it was repeated endlessly uh, in the UK all through the 80s, it was a really big deal. And I think kids loved it. I could see why kids loved it. But as an adult, I thought it was... I thought it was weak. The visual imagery stands out of the different kills, and that's what it gets from the first one, but the first one I felt had more of a plot around it, and mm. this is just those images. Like yeah, the, yeah. the scene with Meshach Taylor getting cut in half in the elevator mm -hmm. uh, because I guess he didn't win the chocolate. That was a that was a big deal scene. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that was very visually <clears throat> like, sure. oh shit. But and kind of, I kind of iconic in its way, but as a film, the first one is a, a, a really memorable supernatural thriller. And this is, is nothing like that. Yeah. We don't get to the bottom of Lance Henriksen kind of grooming him, uh, being part of whatever, affiliate religion thing that is keeping him alive as his Press, instructor. You know, who these, you know all these names. Right, Corey. well... Corey's good. Well, I, I knew... Lance Henriksen is pretty fucking big deal. I mean, after Aliens and uh, Pumpkinhead and a bunch of other stuff. I mean, he's... I never saw that. I never oh. Realized. I'm afraid. De definitely watch Aliens. Watch him as Bishop. Uh, I, I keep wanting to get back to his uh, X-Files spinoff Millennium at some <laughs> point. But all these people that are obviously they're part of it. It's kind of like the, a spread out version of the neighbors in Rosemary's baby. It's like, there's all these people who are there to kind of push this thing along and to, to press the expectations of like, we got to keep this kid protected. Uh, and as it turns out at the end, his aunt who has now seen her son die mm -hmm. is part of it too. And she's like, well, I always belong to Damien. She had a really weird close relationship with this kid. And then he's like, yeah, you were, you were great. Uh, by the way, I'm going to burn you in fire now. Uh, just because, because Probably again, it, the, the end game is for Damien to get control of the money, to get control of the power of the organization, the, the corporation that the uncle works for. Um, it's for him to be put into a, a place of power for what comes next. But all yeah. this is, is it's, a stepping stone to get to the end of this story. And like you, I've never seen the third part. I don't know what happens next. I don't know if he wins or loses or starts a dance troupe and goes on tour with Channing Tatum. I just mm -hmm. know that uh, in this, Damien's a, a, an asshole and will yeah. gladly look at somebody and kill them. But most of the time, they're just dying without his fucking help. So what purpose does he actually serve? We don't get that answer. No, I mean, it does occur. There are there are parallels with certain Mr. Trump. You could replace Damien with Trump and take it on to the third part. And I thought about are. that the whole time. I really yeah, thought yeah. about that the whole goddamn time. It's like, yeah. yeah, I came from this place of privilege, 
and just thought I was cooler than everybody else. And everybody who got in my face, I just called them assholes or screamed fake news at them or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I definitely thought that. Um, but and Trump's Trump at least is there's not a boring middle section in what Trump is doing. He never lets you down. Is what he's doing is interesting. It sucks, but mm. it, it keeps you enwrapped in attention. This didn't have that. No. I thought the actor was good, though. I thought the kid who played Damien was yeah. really well-suited towards this part, uh, just like the kid who played him in the first movie was. The other thing is that these movies were not that far apart in years, but they do a time jump in the age each time that is pretty significant. So in the first film was 1976? or Yep, 76. So two years later, he's now a teenager from being like five or six years old and losing his nanny in the first one. And then the next one, I think, is just a couple years later, and he's already an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, again, I don't know what the story is as much on that one, but it's still, like, at least they had a plan going in of, we're going to go from this to this to this and make that work. But it's still, like, okay. <sighs> I don't know. I, I I look at this, and... I remember it because I saw it as a kid and it was very affecting as a kid and seeing the things happen to these people uh, gets you, it, it hits a, a moment of like visceral emotion mm-hmm. watching it. Like the, the guy who fell through the ice, I remember that scene so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him just flowing into the ice and that it was like, I'm never going skating. But I did say to my wife, this is why hockey is a cooler sport than football. Uh, because you potentially will just die. You will just die in so many different ways. Um, but it doesn't add up. And I think mm. as I was watching it, all I was thinking about was, have you ever seen any of the Final Destination films? I think I saw the first one. Yeah. So the Final Destination films is a lot of gruesome death scenes mm-hmm. done in a similar way. There's something acting out against the person and makes them die, but it's all the machinations of it that makes it interesting. But at least there's a calling as to what's doing it. And in this case, it's they've cheated death, and so death is like, uh, you don't get away with that shit. I'm coming after you no matter what. Mm-hmm. And because you've you've missed your first time getting pulled out, um, I'm going to make it worse and worse the longer you go. It's going to become more gruesome. Mm-hmm. And this movie does that same sort of thing, but you don't see what's causing it. You don't have a feeling as to why it's happening other than the fact that it's to protect this kid. But is it the kid with the powers that's doing it? Is it Satan protecting his kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I think it's missing from a from a story perspective. I mean, I I, I hear what you're saying. I think one it, it, there wasn't a clear narrative in that direction, although I don't think one should get too hung up on that. I think generally it, the story lacked any real narrative thrust and drive, coherence and uh, no nuance and certainly no real meat to it. As I said, it just felt like it was playing out as a succession of set pieces, whether they, were, whether they got so much feedback about the beheading in the first one that they thought we're just going to go for a a number of excruciating, horrific deaths, and that can be our film. Yeah, and you never feel... There was never one person who was like, I'm the one who's trying to take Damien down. So 
none of them really work as a character that you've built up like, oh, this is the one who's going to do it. Um, and there's no like final struggle between two. You wait for the dad to be convinced, like you had the dad get convinced in the first one. Mm. But that's it. And and so much of the time, it's like every person who's supposed to be along the way of like, oh, I know what Damien is. They immediately die as soon as they start showing any kind of suspicions. Yeah. Here's the doctor. He's like, hey, you've got jackal DNA. Well, that's kind of weird. I'm going to call downstairs and go show this to somebody and then immediately dead. And in it's, fact, it's, sorry, Corey, it just occurred, um, just occurred to me that the journey between the beginning and the end of the film is 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 almost zero. I think they're killing time. I don't know if you said this already. They're killing time. They've already had the idea for the third one. He's when he's an adult. They're yeah. just they're just treading water in the second one. Yeah, it's it's like if you went from Star Wars to Return of the Jedi, and in Empire you didn't spend any time in Dagobah. You didn't spend any time like uh, avoiding the Star Destroyers in the the asteroid field or any of that shit. And it just went like. Hey, we're just here hanging out on this Hoth planet, uh, making cocoa and and talking shit about. Wasn't it weird when Darth Vader was like, just killed Ben and Ben disappeared in the ether? And it's it you never get an "I'm your father" scene. It's just same bullshit stretched out for two hours to get you to number three. I I saw Star Wars when I was four. I've that's the only Star Wars film I've ever seen. So uh, that's just a sidebar. Um, you can hate me for that if you like, but uh, not at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's just an exercise in killing time, getting you into, you know, the third film, which I think is Damien as an adult in the Trump role, <laughs> full Trump. He's gone full Trump in, in the third one. Uh, holy shit. He really has. Uh, I, how I, was, how was your pee, Matt? It was I fucking saw, terrific. To stop yeah. talking to my wife. I heard your wife scream just before. I thought, <laughs> no, that was Matt. That was glass yeah. shards coming out of it's his. Just me. Uh, <laughs> at my age, it, it burns when I pee. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize. So <laughs> that's I, how I, you know it's working. God damn it, Corey. <laughs> that's how I know I'm alive. Um, <clears throat> I didn't realize that that's the guy who plays Damien in the third one. Is that guy whose name I can't find? Neil? I don't I don't know who, who it is. God damn it. I can't remember. I, I seem to remember being someone kind of famous. Was it like Sam Neil or something? Or I, believe, oh, I think sounds, it is Sam yeah. Neil. Um but yeah, I also didn't realize that he's like the fucking president. Is he? He's actually the president. I don't know if he's God damn it. No, I've done or it. Is is he lined up for the presidency at the end of the film? Got it, sir. I, I like I said, I've never seen it. The picture is just him in front of the presidential seal. Is like the the the, the movie poster. They go for a, like mentoring candidate kind of thing. I believe so. Gosh, shit! I watched a creature feature last night, and it was a werewolf movie with Dean Stockwell, who played Al in Quantum Leap. And he wasn't the president, but he worked really closely with the president. So the president kept trying to protect the interests of the presidency by not wanting to take care of this werewolf that is obviously going around and killing people. But it's like you'd see this guy standing in a boardroom. Uh, talking to all the attorneys general and the president and some other people, and then all of a sudden his hands return hairy and he'd go running out. And he's like, I gotta go murder someone. And that seems more like the current administration here in America than anything. I, uh, Corey, I appreciated your plural of attorney general then. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I noticed that attention to detail. 
Corey's pretty good at attorneys, stuff. Attorneys general, like gin, like gins and tonic. Gins and tonic. Well, there's multiple gins in there, is there not? <laughs> or I get, yeah. Guess if you have, you can have gins and tonics. You could. You get two doubles. Anyway. Yeah. Gins right. and tonic is basically a Bukaki video. Oh, here we go. Yeah, we're back to Bukaki, full circle. Um. Anyway, full so, circle jerk is what you're saying. Try and get steer clear of the Bukaki conversation again, Corey. We've already done it once today. <laughs> yeah, but I like to bring things back. I always try to. I haven't hit my 20 minute refactory period, so it's still a little sensitive. <laughs> well, you did just pee, so at least you cleared the urethra out. I did. Uh, what did you think of the movie? Matt, I, I'm taking over the MC role. No, that's fine. Someone has to. Because uh, normally it's not me. I thought this movie sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really upset that you made me watch it. I got up extra early to watch mm-hmm. it. And um, it was not good. Well, I wouldn't have chosen... Because I chose the first Omen film. So if I wasn't uh, a it, jackass, in, If I may say, in good faith, if it wasn't on your list of films that you already watched. <sighs> and I thought, oh. Uh, Good choice. Yeah. And then you said, well, we've already seen it, so yeah, I wasn't on the list. I fucked so it up. then I, I, there was a logical progression. It took me about a week to come up with Omen No, that's two. fine. <laughs> every, every new email I sent you, I felt progressively worse and worse about because I'm like, this guy fucking hates me. I did, it didn't... Because I mean, I idiot. didn't hate you. I just disliked you for yeah, a while. See, but, um, I don't blame you one bit. It, Most days, I don't even... It was kind of, it's kind of difficult to, when you look at the list because I noticed that you... Was it your last or last but one podcast? Was The Shining? Yeah, we just did The Shining. That's I mean that. That's so now, one now of my all-time favorite films of all time. Now let me let me defend that. that. The reason that we had it to, so it, our guest two weeks ago finally picked The Shining. So the when when Corey and I started doing this, we purposefully did not do certain staple horror movies, knowing that guests would ultimately pick those movies. And we're still doing that. We're still, yeah. before we started talking about, uh, started doing the show tonight, we were talking back and forth about what we're going to do next week. And there are movies that we avoid because we want someone else on here to to either give a different perspective than us. And we're a couple dicks who shouldn't really be reviewing movies. Uh, or we want someone who, to be able to choose the thing that means the most to them as far as uh, horror movies go, to get that option. And we can yeah. pick through anything we've watched movies about uh, demonic easter bunnies and we don't give a shit because we'll just sit here and bullshit through the show anyway but someone else gets to choose the shining someone else gets to choose the omen and that's the way that it should be uh you could have uh gone into the direction of all right well then we'll do the omen remake which i had even told matt and we could be laughing about leave schreiber and julia styles right now uh, no, that would have been a bridge too far, I think, even for me. But actually, I mean, although I've obviously put you through hell for, for watching this all relative Oh, God, this, no. You, um, I've watched no, 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 some real but, shit, shit movies doing this show. But, but you, unbeknownst to yourselves, you've put me through hell uh, myself. Not only have I had to watch this, but having listened to your, or being inspired after listening to oh. your psycho 2 podcast a few weeks ago which is when matt uh, when um jack first hooked me up with you yep. that inspired me to to watch psycho 2 online and i'll never get those two hours back 
Um, anyway, we don't need to go over that film now. But um, <laughs> I, I was. We could put an hour aside and re-review Psycho Two if you like. Um, I was going to say something about the music because I am a real. I have a penchant for actually for horror soundtracks, and I I used to buy them when I was younger. And I do have. I mean, things like, of course, Halloween, John Carpenter, but also I've got somewhere I haven't listened to it in a long time. But I've got the Omen soundtrack, Jerry Goldsmith, and I believe. He won a, an Oscar for the first Omen movie, the music. I think so, and and deserves. It's great. The music's outstanding. Without the music, it it there's uh, it, a real punctuation point. Anyway, no, I agree. And the first one has a lot more gravitas as far as the the lead actor and everything, and it 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 holds up better because it seemed like a substantive film. Yeah. Uh, this could have been. Uh, and there's there's all the elements there. I don't think anybody who was in this did a bad job acting at all. Uh, I think anybody who who was in this film should have potentially gone on to to bigger and better things following it up. But I don't think they did because the film fails in giving you an actual story. And and that's too bad. And I remember this movie a lot because as a child, I watched it. It was on cable. I saw I think like. Uh, a couple other things. I saw this before I saw the original. Uh, when we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 last week, I had seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 because it was appropriate around the time that I was at the age where I could stay up and watch horror movies late. Um, I would watch that all the time. It was on cable. I didn't see the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for years after that. I saw Jaws 3 a bunch of times without seeing Jaws. This, I remember seeing this movie, plus it was kind of age-appropriate to me. Uh, the kids were about the same age as me uh, when I saw it. And so it felt like it was attuned to a preteen kid uh, watching a horror movie and how the relatability of those characters would have been. But it's just it's all visual cues that I remember nothing else about it. And watching it now, it's it's disappointing. But I think actually it's it's perfect for kids to watch because it's it's so visual. There are so many these memorable scenes and. that's and, and it's also kind of exciting because it's gory and you're probably too young to watch it and that's exciting in itself and you're 11 and you should be 15 and <laughs> that sort of stuff. I did yeah, kind of like it, the it, fact that there was actual there was no actual gore. A lot of the kill scenes were all um, they kind of just left it to the imagination. Well, you mean in the second one? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. This one. Yeah. You know, you're sorry. You're absolutely right. I mean, aside from the. Uh, the man cut in two in the lift, but you're right that they're not. But even that wasn't so. that wasn't a ton of blood in. No, you do see his spinal column. Yeah, I hear what you're There's, saying. There is that. <laughs> yeah, so that guy went on to be Hollywood in Mannequin, and uh, and then uh, was on Designing Women for the entire series. I think uh, Meshach Taylor. This was his first movie, and what a different role for him compared to the flamboyant character that he plays and in, in kind of predominantly after this but it was that scene really is a a heavy scene watching it happen because it, it's also it's a slow scene to happen you see the elevator starting to crash down you think okay so the elevator is going to fall and he's going to crash and hit the ground and die that way and it's no this is 
it just takes it to that next level by having that cable come down at him uh, yeah. when it seems like he should have survived. And that's that's part of it is that if any character had survived the attack and then followed up and gone after Damien, but it's still it's just the same plot of the first one of the the dad finally becomes convinced, yeah. goes to get all the knives, tries to use the knives to kill Damien, and in the end, uh, nothing fucking happens because he dies instead. You, you said that you said that the guy on the left, it was his first film, right? Yeah, Meshach Taylor. Do, it was. Do, do, do you mean that he didn't actually die in real life? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm no. a bit confused. No, uh, he they they put him together. Uh, Willy Wonka flew oh. him into the sky, and Oompa Loompas restitched him up. Oh, okay, that's 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 good. It's it's, it's funny actually. It the 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 couple. So it's um. Uh, William Holden and I, I don't know the name of the actress in the second one and the first one is Gregory Peck they're a kind of obviously they're, they're, he, uh, Holden is the brother to Peck but yes. they're, a, they're a duplicate couple from the first one they just they, they've just rehashed the, the formula and the format and the look of the of the people yeah and the only thing that changes from the first one to this one in the couple is that the mom is in on it this time Whereas the first one, she's she's one of the ones being tormented the most. And so that, I guess, is the twist. But then immediately, immediately after we get her betrayal to the husband to say that she belongs to Damien, she dies. And so anything that could have been potential from that is wiped out. Mm. So there's no sense of gain in in learning this about the characters. Like, here's a big reveal and fuck it. I just think they are running out of time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it meant that she does away with Holden um, rather than him es- escaping her clutches. And then, and then she's gone. And then it ends about two minutes later. Maybe they run out of money. I mean, I wonder how far <laughs> along they were in the, in the, in the, the, the planning stage when they made, when they made Omen whether they had a second one in mind or whether based on, I don't know how successful it was, but whether the success of one prompted two, and it was out pretty quickly, whether the the process was a little bit hurried or I have no idea. I'm looking. I expected that statement to go on a little longer. Well, I'm going to say in the, the late seventies, kind of not a new concept but was unusual we weren't having every movie became yeah, yeah. A, a franchise yet yeah. so we hadn't had halloween 2 yet i think we probably hadn't had a second um friday the 13th at this point rocky so, 2 rocky 2 about the same time yeah maybe uh yeah. so it was kind of like yeah the omen did really well let's follow up and they probably didn't know that they were going to be able to make a trilogy of these movies. They probably just went and made the omen and were surprised by the success and let's push immediately. <clears throat> it bears mentioning that there's five omen movies. There's not only three. Ooh. No, I said there's a fourth well, one. That, I didn't realize there was a fifth one in the there's series. Omen that's a, four. That's a bad omen if ever I heard one. Hey, oh, omen four Armageddon 2000 and omen five The Abomination. Came out in eighty three and eighty five. Probably well titled. <laughs> sure, it's not a fucking good movie. But the original Omen movie was a budget of two point eight million, and it made sixty point nine million. It was the fifth highest grossing film of nineteen seventy six. 
See, I've, I've kind of got the impression, and I could be wrong in this, and maybe you can, well, I'm sure you can help, that Omen, particularly, well, maybe the trilogy, was kind of more popular in the UK, relatively, than it was in the US. Uh, discuss. Well, keep well, in mind, in the I first was, one, they, they do would... move to the UK. Yeah. Yep. And they call it an, an American, a British American film, whatever that means. Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I mean, I was born in the year that The Omen 5 came out, so I, I got nothing. <clears throat> I've, I've moved, sorry, to oh, uh, fine. plug in. No, that's all right. Uh, so, and you were saying that a lot of this one was filmed in Michigan. I didn't realize that as I was watching it, uh, and I live in Michigan. Uh, so I'd, I'd kind of be interested now to go back and see where these things were. It, you, can, you can watch it again. Watch it many times mm-hmm. over. I, I think I've seen it enough. Uh, but, it, yeah. I, I, the Omen 4 like this, doesn't even have Damien Thorne in it. No, it's the sister. Yeah, that's fucking oh. stupid. And then doesn't the five turn into the sister, like, starts protecting Damien? Like, that's when Damien gets bored. So she goes from being the younger oh, sister to the older sister. Right. Yeah. How, how do they get made, these films? Uh, someone... uh, somebody says, oh, fuck, I can make an own movie, uh, Mr. Producer? Sure, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll take that check. If you look on the, the Omen franchise page on Wikipedia, Omen 5 isn't even listed. That's funny to me. Well, one of them was a TV movie, I thought. Um, kind of like the Species films. Damien was the TV show, so maybe Omen 5 was a TV movie. Yeah, I thought it went from being the TV movie to the inspiration and the jump off for the the show. I think you're right. Uh, it's been a long time since I read up on, but on to, it. Probably since we did the first Omen movie. To um, to Saul's point, there are no. So the 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 box office, the budget, or excuse me, the box office numbers only show mm-hmm. the United States. None of these have international. Okay. So unfortunately. Fuck the dog on that one. So part of the problem with two, I think, is that they introduce too many varying storylines and too many characters with their own perspectives on things. Like it goes from the the two guys dying in the cave at the beginning, which is the jump off and the finishing touch of one of those characters from the first film. Mm-hmm. And that should be a, a good lead into where Damien is now and stuff. But then they introduce too many characters that their whole purpose of being there is to cast a shadow on Damien and say, I think there's something wrong with this kid. I think this kid is the son of the devil. Uh, this person died. There's something wrong with this. Because mm. you get the reporter who's dressed all in red for some weird reason and, and spend yeah. some time with her to then watch her immediately die. We have the person who knew her come in and talking to the mother for a bit, and then he immediately dies. And then we have yeah. the stuff that's going on in the factory um, and the, I think one of the guys used to be on the uh, $6 million man uh, and people are there are dying and it's just like, but, but it's a lot asked, of random But you've answered your own question there I think, if I may say, Corey only in the, they're there simply to die they're Yeah, they're there. Yeah, and so they're just being primed as another go- you know, mucky murderous set piece that's their only purpose yeah, but if we if we want to see what the story is supposed to be about, the the raising of Damien, the the turning of Damien to the cause of being the son of Satan, finding out himself, finding the 
the symbol on his head, the three sixes. Which is a very powerful moment in any young man's life, I have to say. Followed more of the stuff at the Academy, that would have been something to focus on. Or if we had followed more of the stuff with the factory, that could have been something to focus on. But doing the two and then all the extrasitial stuff made it so that there wasn't a story there that really was compelling. There, there was elements that could have been, and any one of those elements might have been the, this is what makes this film good. But they just shoved too much shit in, and yeah. it equaled out to being like oatmeal that was tainted with a bunch of mix-ins instead of like something that's actual substantial. But I wonder, wonder what kind of decision-making process, whether that was conscious, whether they thought we're going to, you know, fuck the storyline. We're going to go for uh, a high kill count because it's going to be big with adolescent and pre-adolescent boys and, and that will be how it's popular. Um, I, I mean, I have no idea, but but that's my feeling about it. I feel like it was probably an inexperienced filmmaker, uh, either the director or for the writers, who were just like, "How do we how do we jump this up to the next thing?" And they just they probably talked about a lot of ideas in the room, and they didn't know to edit themselves, cut it back. I mean. I'm sure that's absolutely true. But equally, I wasn't unhappy to revisit this film myself until I saw it, I should add. Um, <laughs> because it is a kind of, it's a rite of passage. for for Certainly for my generation of kids where I was from, you know, it was really the stuff of playground chat. And actually, possibly in the way that Omen 1 wasn't. And so it, it's it, memorable, perhaps, for some of the wrong artistic reasons. But it is, it's kind of quite, it was quite a thing when I was growing up for, for the reasons, perhaps, that we, we don't appreciate it now. Well, yeah. and That makes sense. The first movie, as, as a kid, there's nobody really for me to relate to. I don't relate to Damien because he's, he's just sort of like, he's there, we know that he's evil. But he's not a character that has any humanity to him in it. He he doesn't yeah. talk. He doesn't really do anything. He just rides around on his fucking tricycle uh, and knocks people down the steps. <laughs> but it's it's about the the things that are going on around him. In this one, at least, Damien has some agency. He has some personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that when he realizes he he sees this moment where he finds out that he's he's the beast he's the son of a jackal son of the devil mm-hmm. whatever and he he's like no 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 and then he's like all right fuck it cool you know i'll i'll just run with that because it gives me power it makes me but you know i, mean, I can i can relate to that i can relate to that though because when i was when i discovered that i was born of a jackal uh, my reaction was uh, i mean it was actually could have been lifted for my own life so you know i i <laughs> I, I, I felt great empathy with him at that point Matt is actually the son of the lead singer of the band Jackal from the 90s. It's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? No, no, not at all. It's a complete lie. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I really wish it was true, though, right now. <laughs> uh, good thing my dad doesn't listen to this. No, that's true. He was probably a big Jackal yeah. fan, though. I would say he probably has a pinball machine of their likeness down in his basement somewhere. Most likely. I got the Kiss one, so he can keep the Jackal one. Yeah. 
God, I can't even remember the name of the Jackal song at this point. Their one song? Yeah, the, the one hit that they had. To the Google. Down on me? Down on me. I was I like, see the sun the down lumberjack. On down on me. Could be, could be read in various different ways. Yeah. No, it's, it's only meant to be the one way. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's 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 not even a double entendre. It's just it's a single entendre. Oh, oh I see. Yeah. I see. Straight in there. Um, all right. We meet you next week to discuss Omen Three. Yeah, if you'd like. <laughs> I guess I guess that means that it's time to rate this film. Um, it's a simple zero to five scale. Five being the highest. You can give a description if you'd like. Saul is our guest. You have to go first. Uh. I'm going to give it a two. It's not that uh, and I, do you want me to describe the number two? If you'd like to. Or it is after kind of, one and before Do you three. do your two with a, a sharp angle at the bottom, or you do the, the, the swiggle around round, so it looks almost like an L? Mm, I think I'm a sharp angle man. Okay. A sharp angle number two man. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so a two, a two from, from, from London. Well, you can speaking give just... for all of London. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah oh. That's an average. Fair enough. I took earlier. Corey, how about you? Uh, definitely as a kid, this rated high enough to stick with me uh, throughout the years. Although not enough to make me want to go and rewatch it a bunch of times. Uh, watching it now, it it's obvious the glaring plot holes and and problems that it had. Uh, I'm going to go 1.5. I'm going to meet between the two that I probably should have gotten when I was younger and the one that I should give it today. That that was uh, cryptic. Yeah. Yeah, I just gave it a one because this movie sucks. <laughs> so, I see that you give the number and the description. I see what you mean. Yeah, you don't have uh, to give a description. No, um, Corey, I, I'm giving it two because I think it, it quite sucks, but it, that it, I quite enjoyed it. I still, it's still quite entertaining. It is still like quite an entertaining film. Yeah, I didn't see yeah. this as a child, so I have no like nostalgic enjoyment that's because of you're this. Still a child, Matthew. Yeah, that's, really that's, speaking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you did there, but yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, um, so that is just movie was just dog shit to me. But I totally want to but see the third one. But are you looking forward to doing number three? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And do you want to try to get to four and five? Yeah. I mean, I would totally... It, four and five will not be worse than the Manos in the Hands of Fate, so I will watch those. Just be aware that they really could be. What, what's the best film that you've seen and reviewed on your podcast? Well, the highest score went to Xanadu. <sighs> yeah. I'm not seeing that. Xanadu, well, Xanadu was our April Fool's episode, so if you could put two and two together. I was going to say, because that's not, I mean, it might be horrific, but it's not a horror film. um, Yeah, right. Uh, Well, okay, so I'm looking back at our scores here. We gave the original Halloween. Halloween, I know, because I would have chosen Halloween, but I I knew that you would have done it. Halloween, we gave fives. Um, Yeah. Wonderful film. Carrie, I gave a five. Corey gave a four. For what, sorry? Uh, Carrie. Carrie, yeah. Yep. The original Carrie. Um, Dale and Tucker versus Evil. We both gave pretty high scores to 
Yeah, I like some of the more off the wall stuff. Uh, there was the one that we did. I don't remember the name of it offhand, which is too bad because it it was the name of the town. It was, but there was the one where everybody was getting possessed by the the sounds on the radio. Fuck, I knew that's what um, you were talking about too. Um, it follows. I think is probably my favorite modern horror movie, uh, as far as the fact that it just did something so interesting visually it was great the sound was excellent it it surprised me at how good it was um as far as stuff that we've done on the show that's one of my top ones you're talking about pontypool mm-hmm. pontypool yes that's a that's a great movie uh what was the one about the where they were doing the autopsy in the autopsy of Jane the corners Bell. yeah that's that's a really good one Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we all gave 10 out of 10 boners. That's true. Matt and I were drunk. Because it deserves it, though. No, that's true. Some things you do because a movie has earned it. Yeah. It earns that place is legendary. Um, but the movies that I, I find are my favorites, the ones that I would go back to and rewatch a lot, are, are the Stranger stuff or the the comedy stuff. Uh, what go. was the... <sighs> Deathgasm? Deathgasm, yeah, that was also a really good movie. Yeah, I'll rewatch Deathgasm before I'll put on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's true. Sinister, we gave really good scores to. Did you do California with a K? Yep, we did. What did you give that? Um, I noticed that on the list. Fuck, I gotta find it now. Please hold. I remember. I remember. California. Um, I gave it a three. Corey gave it a two. You gave it a two. Yeah, Corey's a dick. What did you give it? I gave it a three. So Matt's a smaller dick. Less of a dick, yeah. Which... I'm, I'm going to give it three and a half, even though we're not really doing it. I haven't <laughs> just, seen it for about eight years. Do you years. just want to go through and, and give record. a score to every movie that we've already talked about? Yeah, yeah. Yep. I've done it. I've got it written down here. You ready? <laughs> yep, ready when you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, I sometimes think, now that we've been doing this for a few years, mm-hmm. our views of what our expectations are from horror movies, I think have probably changed some since we started doing the show. Uh, we appreciate things a little bit more um, with originality, uh, with the idea of like, all right, I've always loved a nightmare on Elm street, but how does nightmare on Elm street hold up now compared to the, the rose colored glasses that I had when I, well, rose and green that I'd had watching it younger. And do I maybe want to go back and say, but, in relationship to how many other things I've seen that have tried to pull off of it, does it deserve to be higher up because it was the original? Oh, oh my God, I think... So. Yeah, that happened. Uh, he has some wow. computer is issues. That, and... is, that a, like a, is that a stage death? <laughs> is, that live? is that an on-air death? Is that it... one of the things you do? Uh... <laughs> one of the hosts take their own life at the end of every episode yeah um yeah it's a podcast seppuku um he moved so Corey was originally in california moved back to michigan so he's still putzing with his setup so once in a while Corey blows up just miraculously it took us an hour and a half to do it this time um i don't remember he was he was on some some shit though i'm sure I, uh, oh, he's back already. That was good. Good. Better? Yep. Pick up where you left off, buddy. 
Uh, I don't know where I was going. Yeah, it, it was basically just you do this for too long, and I, I feel like this with Jack and Dan is the way that they score um, worst episode ever on the Simpsons stuff is the HIPAA scale hasn't changed. Uh, their criteria hasn't changed, but maybe their feelings about your so many episodes in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you grade things with a harsher tone because you've just seen it all so much where one episode might actually be a better score if you'd done it at the beginning. Uh, but because you're getting to it three years later, that it now it's rated lower because your feelings overall have been colored by how much you've had to slog through of so many shitty episodes and you see the shittiest easier uh, than you used to. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Yeah. On that note, Corey, you should probably read the outro. Oh, shit. Don't expect me to do that. Uh, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. Email us at pot at gncast.com. You can leave us a message on the website. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Podcast of Terror. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. Uh, leave us feedback, please. If you leave feedback, I'll read it online. Uh, miraculously, someone two two of our iTunes reviews disappeared. So I'm on to you, iTunes. Motherfuckers. Yeah, right. They yeah. don't want that trail left that people might actually see them and know. Now that we know that everything that you do online stays with you forever, yeah. uh, like a Twitter post, Pretty they much. don't want anybody to know that they actually not only listened to the show but gave a shit enough to rate it. He ain't wrong. Uh, tr- I should have said at the uh, at the outset. You can follow Alan Stube on Twitter mm-hmm. at Nazi Hunter Alan. Um, <laughs> we were getting so I'm saying it now that. instead. No, that's fine. That's fine. Normally, there's a uh, well, well. Now that you threw me off. Oh, sorry, man. No, 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 you're good. Uh, you can also go to bit.ly slash pot review. All subscription oh. options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. You can follow the entire network under the Galactic Network. You can also go to amazon.podcastandhair.com shop like you normally would. We get a portion of that. It costs you nothing. Saul? Uh, I didn't realize that you hadn't finished the outro. Oh, and I've man, just inserted uh, an additional uh, all AOB pl- plug. It's all part yeah. of your, your British charm. <laughs> now well, would you like to talk about where people can find you again <laughs> uh, well, my, my postal address well yeah if you'd like uh, <laughs> wherever you want people to catch up with you um, if you want someone to uh, send you, can, you some mail you can you can put it here that's fine you, you can find me uh, so at Nazi Hunter Allen is my uh, alter ego handle I'm also at Saul Wordsworth um, and Beyond that, you just have to shout really loud. I'm going to start yelling as soon as we're done here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it'll get to you. Corey, what do you want to push today? Uh, stool. No, uh, I am Christ. I am going to be guesting. I don't know what the release schedule is. I'm going to be guesting on the Brokebot Mountain podcast uh, with uh, Phil Rude and uh, David from Movie Go Round are the guys who host that show. And they, David in particular, doing Movie Go Round is what I would consider an actual uh, movie critic uh, versus what we do here. So it will be interesting to sit down and talk with these guys about a uh, substantive film. We're going to be doing Being John Malkovich. So, so Never seen it. Never it, seen it. This podcast is not hosted by Phil Rude, drummer of ACDC, correct? I can't. Say yes or no to that. Okay. 
everybody deserves to have their privacy, Matt. Fair enough. But um, yeah, so I'm going to be guesting on the show tomorrow, and I'm not sure when it'll hit their feeds. Uh, but their show is is very fun and interesting in the way that they the choices that they make. The show started out being a a discussion about the episodes of Westworld on HBO. And then in between seasons, obviously, you have to do something else. So the, the stuff they get to is kind of like the, the dreamier, uh, more thought-provoking or confusing films. Uh, they, I was just listening to their discussion on Donnie Darko. And uh, it's, it's a good time. So I'm hoping to have fun and bring something to them that uh, I obviously don't bring here. <laughs> oh, boy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and untapped. I'm at the lifeguard. Uh, next week we're going to talk about Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions and I can continue my ongoing complaints about not getting a picture with him after paying a large amount of money to do so yeah such is life so that's going to do but it. hugs are free Matt hugs are free probably not it was probably $20 to hug Clive Barker would have been worth it smell him for 35 uh, so that's going to do it for another episode of the podcast here we'll talk to you guys next week stay scary everybody goodbye <laughs> Hey!